Hello, everybody. It's Kristen and Mac. Mac. We are here today for a big exclusive interview today. Woo! Yeah. Okay. Organized all by you. This is just like this is all pre-recorded, by the way. This is all scripted. Yes. Like this is this is all like this isn't the interview. It's just us prefacing what you're about to watch. Yes, uh, today we actually have a really cool interview today. We have an exclusive interview with the director, Joshua Zerman, who's behind the latest film, The Loneliest Whale, The Search for 52. And we got to see the film. Pretty interesting documentary, don't you think? Yeah, it was pretty good. I love to hear about lonely whales. Yeah, I never heard of this whale until I've we heard... actually <laughs> got the uh, screener for it. It's funny. Uh it's real quick i i've heard of the 52 hertz but like from watchdogs 2 but they weren't talking i didn't know it was a real whale it was like a hacker call but i was like i didn't know it was real i was like wow i didn't know this is real you just blew my mind do you know what i knew this from like what? the whales the whale song because they in the movie once you guys go check this out it's gonna be in theaters july 9th yep. they bring up the whale song that comes up and um, I went to school for film and television, and one of my professors showed that Partridge family episode that they talk about in the film. So that's where I knew that whale thing from. Oh that's the loneliest whales that they were referring to. I feel that way, too. So, yeah, this if you're interested in some marine biology, oceanography, then this is probably the perfect film for you. Well, it's got adventure, fun. Sadness. Sadness some depression maybe a little bit you know because i felt depressed a few times watching this don't you think yeah, it was yeah yeah because i just felt bad you what you what you see guys is going to be a really you know interesting and eye-opening experience so once again thank you to the director and bleaker street media for putting it helping us put this together and please relax enjoy the interview and you can check out the documentary on july 9th in theaters and july 16th on bod so enjoy First of all, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to talk to us. I mean, this is incredible for both of us. And congratulations to you, first of all, on your big success, on your now big feature. How does it feel that your film is actually now going to be released in theaters and for audiences to see? Uh, very uh, thankful. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh uh it, it's very exciting. one other documentary mm -hmm. so how does it feel to be part of that family with sharing that collaboration now with the whole bunch of films that they released uh you know they're a very they're a prestige company so it's really exciting that they decided to release the film and you know i think what even if it's documentaries or um narrative films uh prestige distribution companies know what they're doing and so uh, it's always nice to, to be uh, aligned with uh, strategically with partners like that. I worked in distribution for a little while. And so you can always tell when people know what they're doing. So that's very exciting. And then, you know, I think it's just further understanding that documentaries are becoming, you know, on par with narrative. And, and I think um, we're seeing that more and more. Uh, the numbers in terms of streamings with documentaries, we're seeing just how much people love documentaries and how they can be almost narrative in a way. Uh, you know, that's a big goal that I try and make with a lot of my films. You know, they have cliffhangers and, uh, you know, you don't know what's going to happen next. And so 
that's a certain style of filmmaking that I do and and you know I want to do more of you know more narrative docs if you will that's really really cool Mac do you want to take the next question uh yes uh sure so um uh, Josh, man, I want to ask you, um, so you touched upon it in the opening, like, segment of the documentary. I wanted to ask, were you aware of the subject of the 52, like, Hertz whale before? Did you at least hear, like, a passing glance of it before you decided to take on the uh, subject? Yeah, I mean, I had read the article in the New York Times, and for me, it was such, like, a kind of gut punch of a, of a storyline and I started to ask people you know I was like hey you ever heard of the story about the 52 hertz whale and um, I even talked to a bunch of artists about it and they were floored you know somebody turned around and be like hey remember you told me about that 52 hertz whale well I, I made a poem about it and another person said oh I did a painting about it and another person said I did a sculpture about it and I just found it to be really interesting that this story for some reason moved all these people in such a profound way and my you know i'm a storyteller so if there's a story that is especially resonant out there that i see affecting people in such a dramatic way then i want to know why and that kind of led me down a path and first it was you know okay is it the loneliness debate you know at the time i think there was this idea that there was a loneliness epidemic kind of happening and and why was that epidemic happening was it because of the you know extended families you know we were no longer having that was it because of social media you know there was a time you know when we thought social media was was creating a loneliness effect and that's still happening um so i wondered whether or not our kind of the, the fact that the lonely whale become this meme that had gone all across the ocean like 50 uh, BTS, you know, they did a song about it, Whalen 52. Uh, really? You know, it was everywhere. And so I was like, why is this happening? And that kind of led me down the path. Why put yourself in, be the voice of God for the documentary? You, you yourself, you just said, are the storyteller. And you make this an expository, participatory uh, documentary. Why did you want to be that voice of God for the film and not, you know, hire like another narrator why did you want to put yourself in the forefront of the film uh well i mean you see me on camera so i think it you know because you're on camera and, and sometimes you know people make these stories that are kind of personal essay films and so you could say that this is a personal essay film in some respects a person a, a personal essay film originally about loneliness that kind of got out of control yes. and became this huge uh expedition story oh that's really cool mac i agree you know it's kind of cool you know it just took your own way to be the narrator honestly um um so like what do you want as you know as the filmmaker the director what you hope that audiences would learn or, you know, gain about this new documentary? Um, well, I hope that they come away with a newfound appreciation for the ocean and for our relationship with animals, um, marine mammals, whales especially. Uh, I think we need to find every way we can with which to create that connection. And here we have a beautiful metaphor of a lonely creature 
that speaks to so many people around the world and their experiences. We've all felt loneliness at some point in our lives. And so I think it's a great idea. You know, it's a, it's a great metaphor and it's a great way for people to connect. And so I, I think that's the goal. Did you have any um, advice that you learned over the course of filmmaking the documentary? Because you have worked on a lot of documentaries and a lot of de- television documentaries over the course of your career, like The Son of Sam. And what did you learn from those documentaries that you applied to this film? Good question. Perseverance. You know, it's not a it's 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 not a sprint. It's a marathon, um, mm-hmm. and that's with any film. Um, so, for the younger filmmakers out there, you know, you just got to stick with it uh, as much as you can. And and you know, there's going to be so many times during the process that you're going to feel that it's not going to work. And also, one of the other things that I continually learn is, as for as much as you might think that you know the story or you have it all pre-planned out, or you know what you're gonna shoot, you have to recognize when a story is taking on a life of its own. And, and you have to be smart enough and cognizant and egoless enough to say like, oh, I thought it was gonna be this, but it's actually this, and roll with it. And that, that happen, it'll happen. If you have a good story, that'll happen, but you have to recognize when that's happening. Very much so. Um, one other question that I had is that uh, you had huge experience with, you know, with the whale and everything like that. What was it like making all those connections? Because you have a lot of oceanographers, so many people I like never even knew that like were was a physical job in, you know, oceanography. And my mind was blown what you got to talk to. What was it like making those connections? Uh, with the oceanographers, you mean, and all yeah. the people. I mean, it's super fascinating. These are people who are dedicating their lives to like understanding the ocean, and and they're all so very interesting, and they're all dedicated. I think the thing to me that was so interesting was their dedication, and and why they all had different reasons for why they liked the story. For me, what was fun was. You know, in some ways, scientists say that you're not really supposed to anthropomorphize animals. You're not supposed to assign human attributes. Like, we're not supposed to call it the loneliest whale because that's a human feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that whale really lonely? Can that whale even feel loneliness? We don't even know if that's true or not. But yet, we're human beings and we're self centered. And, you know, we are. You yeah, know, we are. We're, we're <laughs> the worst, by the way. Out of all the species, you know, we're really the worst. And so. Um, <laughs> And so, you know, you can't deny that you're, you can't expect us not to want to understand creatures and the world around us via our own experience. Um, You can't deny that. We're just naturally going to do this. So it was always fun to talk to the scientists like, so what do you think about this idea of the loneliest whale, like anthropomorphizing animals? And do you think it's really lonely? And it was always fun to see these scientists who are taught, you know, hardcore science to like try and get them into a spiritual world, if you will, um, because technically that's not the point of scientists. But mm-hmm. on the other side, you know, scientists need to learn to be better storytellers. I think oh, interesting. if yeah. they were better storytellers, we would be further along in our climate change issues. 
right. we, you know, you know, because they're always like, well, I can't 100% say that this is happening. And it's like, yeah, you know, that that's a trap that they're trying to put you in. So I think scientists need to be able to tell their stories better to make people care. Uh, and, and that's a big thing. So it was also trying to hear their stories and what they were passionate about and, and try and help them to hear their stories. Right. Mac, what do you got next? Um, so you, you brought it up earlier about like, you know, how we're not supposed to call it the loneliest whale, but like when you're watching the film, you really feel like, wow, you kind of feel like a sense of like, uh, you feel kind of a little sad because it's like, he's all alone out there in the great big ocean. And I wanted to ask like, maybe, do you feel like that the themes and topics of the film would resonate with a lot of the audiences, especially since we're in the midst of a pandemic and we had quarantine a year ago and it's uh, slowly creeping up nowadays? Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. We never even thought of that, you know, doing the film, but suddenly when the pandemic hit, suddenly we're all lonely. Uh, and and then, you know, the film, it, but it's not just loneliness, you know, it's, it's, there's two types of loneliness. There's loneliness and then there's aloneness. You know, loneliness is an affliction. Aloneness is a confidence. Like I can be alone. I don't have to always look at my phone. I can actually put my phone away and like not freak out. You know, like you don't have to always have connection. And suddenly loneliness, if you can turn it around, it becomes a spiritual thing where suddenly you can go out there and, you know, just look out on the vast ocean and realize, you know, you're small and inconsequential, but at the same time, you know, it's a great big world out there. And that's not a scary thing. That's yeah. a good thing, you know? Look at the vast world out there. Look at what I'm part of. And I think that was one of the things, like if we were talking about a lonely turtle, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have as much resonance, but we're talking about a lonely whale that swims through the entire ocean. And if you've ever been on a boat looking out on the entire ocean, like, you know, it blows your mind. It really makes you think. And so I think these are really, it was a really confluence of interesting ideas of loneliness and, and creatures and, and the sea that kind of makes this so an important story, but also an emotional story where you can feel empathy. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Empathy, empathy is a really great word to resonate with that film though. But uh, one other question I had is that for the documentary, um, there's a lot of other documentaries I thought of such as The Cove and um, My Octopus Teacher. So many other of those, you know, marine biology related films. What makes this documentary different from all those other films? And were you inspired by them too? I mean, I think I'm always inspired by other films. The Cove I thought was amazing. So I really enjoyed the whole like 007 of it all, like going oh, definitely. of that, The Cove. I loved how they did that. I don't know if that inspired me, but I definitely felt like, you know, when we were getting our team together, it was like, okay, here's, you know, the best guy for this. Here's the best guy for that. Um, I, what sets this apart, you know, I don't know. I think, I think the fact that it feels very questy, you know, we do this, this idea of a quest and uh, obsession and, you know, feeling a Mob its own version of Moby Dick, I think is kind of fun. And also like the urban legend of it all, like this whale that calls out at a, you know, frequency, is it alive? We don't even know if it's alive, we've only heard it. So I think it's a, it has its own, you know, it sits 
you know, in the marine mammal films in a slightly different way. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Mac, do you have another question? Um, it's, uh, it, I'm all set. I'm oh, you're set? Okay, well, yeah. I have a few questions. Sorry. Um, one other question I had is that when you were filming Kate Minucci, and you also had, you know, you know, Leonardo Caprio, executive Bruce, and uh, Adrian Grenier, part of the project. How did you bring them on? Were uh, I didn't even know. I didn't know Kate. I just heard that she had done a song about a whale. And I thought that that was really cute. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you know, I was like, can you please sing a song for us? And she did. And now we're really excited. Happy, happy to have her contribute. Um, uh, somebody brought the film to Adrian and he was, you know, very much starting his um, ocean stewardship. And he kind of recognized that the lonely whale was a really great symbol for kind of understanding our connection and our empathy with the ocean. And so he used that to start uh, his own organization called Lonely Whale. And, you know, he helped me uh, kind of get the Kickstarter going. And from that, DiCaprio just came on and, you know, it wasn't really knowing these people. It was just having a good story that was resonant and emotional. And, you know, if your story is really good, people just come out of the woodwork to help you and find you. Okay. One last question for you. Um, you were able to catch some really poetic shots what kind of camera equipment did you use? Because we have a lot of filmmakers who listen to our podcast. So what advice you can give them? Um, well, it was interesting. We didn't really have like super high-end stuff. We had C300s. We had two C300s, a VX100 uh, on some of the stuff. And obviously the drone stuff was really important. Then that was on the expedition. And uh, then when we did some of the other uh, exterior stuff, the city street stuff, that we shot um uh i don't even know with an area i think um uh, i we shot that with an alexa mini so you know alexa mini for some of the other like close-up shots like not on the expedition but on the exhibition on the ex uh expedition it was two c300s a drone and a vx100 VX okay anything so else I, you oh matt go ahead i do have one more question that yeah um so with like this there's a lot of interesting stories in the ocean, you know, loneliest whale being one of them. Do you see yourself maybe doing another documentary about like a ocean type expedition, something like the Marianas Trench or the Great Barrier Reef, something like that? Oh yeah, I would love to, Marianas Trench for sure. I would love, you know, there's so many mysteries in the ocean. You know, if you're ever looking for a documentary idea, you know, turn to science. There's so many mysteries out there. And I think, you know, that's my advice for young filmmakers in terms of like what to think about. Um, I, I know that I will be returning to the mysteries of the ocean. Nice, nice. I'm all set, Kristen. Okay, well, I'm all set too. Thank you, Josh, for taking the Thank time you. to talk to us. It was a really great pleasure to meet you and uh, we wish you great success with the film.